Father, we worship you, God, because it is your breath that is in our lungs. God, you give us every cause to sing praises. God, you, you give us cause, God, to walk in this world. Lord, we can only do that because you allow us to. And Lord, we only, we only, Lord, can make it through this life if we walk with you. Lord, we so desperately sometimes try to struggle through life on our own without you. And God, we need to take pause and just remember that every good gift comes from you. That, Lord, we can only have true joy and peace because it comes from you. We can't find it on our own. We can't do enough to gain it. God, all we can do is trust in you, God, and lean into you. And I pray that we do that right now. God, as we look at your word and what you have to say to us, I pray that it restores us. God, it renews our strength. I pray that it, it just changes us. God, I know that sometimes change is difficult, and I know that it is hard, and it is gut-wrenching sometimes, but God, I know that it is good because that change comes from you, and you give only good gifts. Amen. So God, change us right now through the power of your word, with the Holy Spirit working through your word to change us. God, I pray that we learn something more about you. We learn something more about who you are and how you have revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of tonight. So Lord, help us to remember that you are the reason we have breath in our lungs, and you are the reason for our praise. God, we do so love you. We thank you for this precious gift that you have given us, which is your holy word. We pray that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So Keith picked out this series on, on dating. And uh, we got some adults who are like, well, I'm beyond the dating age. I don't know if it's really necessary for me to show up. Hopefully you have seen through this series, though, that the dating series does not just apply to adults, or excuse me, to students. It also applies to adults because there are principles there that apply to all of us because it comes from God's Word, and when it comes from God's Word, it can speak to all of us in different ways. The, the purpose of Simplify, which is what we call Wednesday nights when, when we gather together to, to worship God, is to, to understand something more about God, to walk out of this place with some knowledge about God that you didn't have when you come in here. That's the purpose. That's why we do this. Uh, we have small groups for our students so they can talk about what they've learned and they can grow in that when they grow together in, in their understanding of God's Word. That's why we do this on Wednesday nights. That is the purpose, in case you're wondering why we do this on Wednesday nights. Some people say, I need to get refueled, recharged, ready to go for the rest of the week because it's a long way till Friday. I get that. I need that too. But that's not the primary reason why we do this. The primary reason we do this is to simplify some things about our lives and our understanding of what God says about our lives so that we can make it not just till Friday, but we can make it through the rest of our lives. That's the purpose, okay? Uh, we, we go through this, this series on dating, and, and Keith picked out the series, admittedly. He's the one that decided this is a series we needed to do. I said, hey, man, you, you picked it out. We're going to go with it. I'm, I'm going I'm to preach whatever God lays on my heart in association with this this." series, but we'll see how that goes, you know, and, and I, you, you know, may notice I didn't even bring my Bible up here today because we're covering a few verses out of Second Corinthians, and um, I'm just going to read them from the screen. I don't really preach with notes. I guess you know that about me is that I don't really use notes, and the reason I do that is because I believe that it has to, and this is not to knock people that, that preach or teach with notes, okay? That's okay if you do that. God can bless that. God can honor that study time where you write that stuff down. It's okay if you speak and, and you have notes to follow. It's all right. But I believe for me, God impressed upon my heart 
that I need to have it so imprinted on my heart what I'm going to say to you that I shouldn't have to look back at notes in order for me to be able to convey that. I understand that public speaking is a difficult task. Uh, compared to death, most people would rather have death than they had to speak in public. I get that, okay? So sometimes your, your thoughts are kind of clouded when you get up here. That's all right. It's all right. Keith, I'm not knocking you, brother. It's okay that you have notes. I love you, man. It's okay. You keep bringing your notes. It's all right. But for me, God has impressed upon my heart that I, I, I have to bring to you what is so heavy on my heart, and that's what I preach to you. So this particular passage that we're studying it's an idea, a concept that has been heavy on me, and I had to share it with you. And it's related to dating. It's related to a lot of stuff in our lives, but especially for our teenagers, it's related to things like sex. It's related to things like relationships. It's related to things like being married one day. And that is strongholds in our mind strongholds, these fortifications that are in our mind that, that, that are there that don't seem to go away. Uh, everybody's like, whoa, what are we talking about? Okay, Paul talks about this uh, in terms of spiritual warfare, and he talks about the enemy having strongholds on us and, 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 and false teachings having strongholds on us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But, but I, I'm the kind of person, I have certain things that I have to wage war against the strongholds in my mind. If you think about all sin, where does all sin begin? It starts right here, doesn't it? Right here between the ears. Some of you are like, I don't know if i got anything between my ears. You may not. I don't know. But it starts right here between your ears. That's where it starts. That's where all sin starts. You have to think about it first before you ever commit the sin. Am I right? It has to pop in here first before it ever manifests itself and comes out as some action that you perform, whether it's hatred or bitterness or, or, or some sort of sexual sin or whatever. It all starts up here first. And what happens in our mind is we have these, these, these things that kind of get stuck. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like a bird has made a nest up here in your hair. You know what I mean? Like it, it don't want to go away and you can't get it out of there. And your mind kind of runs back to it over and over again. Now, guys are like, yeah, that chick in the bikini I saw at the beach. Yeah, right? I mean, that's, that's what a lot of guys are thinking. You know, that's where their mind runs back to. And there's a few guys grinning because they know that I'm, 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 I'm telling the truth here. But for a lot of guys, the, the stronghold, the, the, the fortification that's built up in your mind, the nest has been built in your hair is the one that, that, that is one of sexual temptation. Am I right, guys? Am I right, guys? Uh, I, have a, I have a buddy of mine. He's got a son who's 15 years old. And he said, man, I'm starting to get worried about him. He said, he didn't really pay any attention to the girls walking down the beach. <laughs> I said, man, that might be a good thing. You know, it might be okay that they, he didn't have that, that stronghold in his mind yet that is taking over him. He said, yeah, he's, he, he, he still like, would rather play with his games and stuff. That's where his mind is focused on. He said, and my son, yeah, he's got like abs and stuff. He said, well, I was say he's his age. I didn't even have abs. This dude's, he's all ripped up and, you know, all he does is eat Cheetos. He's still got abs. You know, I don't understand. <laughs> you would think he'd be taking advantage of the fact that he has, has abs, but apparently he doesn't suffer from that stronghold yet that most men, most young adults uh, suffer from, and that is one of sexual temptation. Now, uh, ladies don't really suffer from that as much. 
Some of them do, and some of them do more than others, okay? Sexual temptation is something that does uh, creep in there, something that, that may for some have a stronghold. Maybe, maybe it's in the area of pornography. I, I don't know. Some people do struggle with that more than others. But, but let, me, let me tell you this, though, that, that, that women, a lot of times, young adults especially, let me tell you what the stronghold is for girls. I, I just want to be loved. I, I just want somebody that wants to hug me. Right? Isn't that what it is? I, I, just, I just want somebody to text me in the morning at 8 a.m. so that when I wake up at 9, it says, I love you in a text message. That, that's, that's, that's a stronghold. That's what I want. That's where my mind runs back to over and over again is something that I just desire. I just want that. And that's the stronghold in your mind. There are many, many, many different strongholds. And as I'm talking about this, some of you are having different ones pop into your mind. I'm just giving you two examples, and I'm telling you, there's a ton of them out there. For some people, for some people, it's more serious than that. And there are things like suicide that is a stronghold in their mind. And when they get afraid, when they're full of doubt, when they're full of anxiety, their mind immediately runs back to that stronghold that is in their mind. It's this little section of their mind that's fortified around, and it's, it's a fortress in their mind, and their mind runs back to it, and it's like they can't seem to tear down those walls and get that fortification out of their mind. It is always there. How do we deal with that, man? How do we deal with that? I mean, in dating, that... But, we need to deal with it. But in life, we need to deal with it. Right? we got to deal with these strongholds, these fortifications that have been placed in our minds. And, and, and yeah, sometimes they're our own fault. We put them there. Sometimes there's just things that have happened in our environment that have caused them to be there, whatever the case. And, and, and it's distracting us. It's distracting to us. What are we supposed to do as Christians, as followers of Christ? As, as a Christ follower, to be Christ-like, what are we supposed to do? Well, I mean, where are our minds supposed to be? It's supposed to be on following Christ, right? I know that's a really complicated concept. As a Christ follower, what am I supposed to do? Follow Christ. And things that distract you from following Christ are not good. See, this is, this is why we call it simplify. Things that distract you from following Christ are not good. They are strongholds. They are things that, that, that are waging war in your mind and are keeping you from doing the one thing that you're supposed to do, which is to follow Christ. Now, admittedly, people that aren't Christians, they don't really see them as strongholds. They don't see them as a problem. They don't see them as an issue. They just see them, this is just how I'm wired. This is just who I am. I was born this way. Right? This is, just, this is just how I was created. I, you know, I, I just happen to be this way. It's not a stronghold. It's not a problem. It's just who I am. Well, when Christ comes into your life and you see who God has really created you to be and you see the, the person that God has called you to be, as you follow Christ, you start looking at that, that, that section of your brain that, that you once thought, that's just who I am. And, and God says, I'm a new creation in Christ. And that who I thought I was is not really who I was. So now I've got to start tearing down some walls. The thoughts of suicide are distracting me from being a Christ follower. The thoughts of sexual temptation are distracting me from being a Christ follower. The thoughts of having to, to have somebody to make me happy and text me in the morning is distracting me from being a Christ follower. 
What, what if instead of saying, man, you know what? I want somebody to love me because that's, that's what I want. I, what if we said, you know what? If somebody loving me helps me in following Christ, then that's what I want. Do you realize there are some people who get married and never ask God, is this the person I'm supposed to marry? They never pray about it. Lord, what, imagine this crazy prayer before you get married. Dear God, please show me your way. If this is not the person I'm supposed to marry, please don't let me marry them. God, if it is not your will for me to be married to this person, please do not let me marry them. God, if it is not your will for me to date this person because they're not a Christian or what have you, please, God, make it abundantly clear to me so that I will follow in obedience to you and this idea that I'm supposed to be with this person will no longer be a stronghold in my brain. That's a crazy prayer, ain't it? I mean, that's cray-cray, Kenny. Ridiculous that somebody would even think to pray and ask God if this is a person they're supposed to marry before they put a ring on their finger. Crazy stuff, ain't it? There's some adults sitting in here right now say, I don't know if I prayed and asked God if this is a person that I was supposed to marry. I, I don't know if I did that. And there's some people that are sitting in a seat by themselves for that reason. And let me, let me tell you, I don't want you young adults to be in that same boat. I, I want you to follow Christ. And don't let this idea that you've got to be married to follow Christ, don't let that consume and be a stronghold in your, in your life. Don't let that be a stronghold in your life. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight, but this is where Paul is talking about strongholds. And admittedly, I, 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 I'm very cautious not to preach things out of context, so I want you to understand the context in which Paul is saying this to the Corinthian church. Paul is, is talking to the Corinthian church about people that have come in and tried to distract and take away from what he has taught and the truth of God and tried to corrupt that, tried to call Paul into question, tried to call his teaching into question, that's caused some corruption in the church, and he's addressing that. He's writing him a letter to address that, okay? But it really is about spiritual warfare. This is some of, uh, anytime somebody talks about spiritual warfare, a lot of times they'll point to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Ephesians chapter 6 is where you see about putting on the full armor of God when you're going into battle for the spiritual warfare. But this is actually talking about being in the battle and, and how it happens and, and that kind of stuff. So, so that's where we are tonight. Spiritual warfare is not about going hand-in-hand hand with a bunch of Christians looking for demons that you can fight. That's not what spiritual warfare is. You know where most of the spiritual warfare is going to happen in your life? Right there between your ears. I'm talking about real spiritual warfare. You know, the kind that's real hard, not real easy to deal with. When you start trying to tear down those walls that have built up, the fortifications, that are in, I'm talking about like that's real warfare. And that's, that's what Paul's talking to the Corinthian church about right here. So we'll start in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Now I, Paul, appeal to you with gentleness and kindness of Christ, though I realize you think I am timid in person and boldly only when I write to you from far away. Well, I am begging you now so that 
when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think that we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Now, Paul starts off by talking about, see, they'd accused him of, you know, he was, he was real bold when, when, uh, when, when he would go away and write them letters, but he was timid when he was there with them. And that's, that's what he's like trying to do a little play on words here and trying to, trying to be sarcastic a little bit and trying to say, you know what, I, I, I'm not being that way now. I'm going to be bold when I come to you, just like I'm bold in my letters, but I am going to be bold to you in my letters too. And he's trying to approach with gentleness and kindness to the people that have these strongholds in their mind that have been corrupted by the thoughts. He's trying to appeal to them initially, and he does it with, with gentleness, admittedly. That's what he tries. And, and we, we try that with our young adults, with our adults. We try to say, come to Christ. Man, there's peace, and there's love, and there's happiness, and there's real joy and real contentment when you come to Christ. And we do that sometimes, right? We do that. And, and I think it's good for us to do that. And I think it's good for us to be loving and trying to draw people into the kingdom of God by showing what a loving God he is. What, what an amazing amount of grace he has for you and where you've been and what you've done and all the kind of things that you've done to break the heart of God. It, we want to encourage you and gently correct you and show you that Jesus Christ is, is the relationship that you need. And, and Paul, he has that approach to begin with. Man, with gentleness with the gentleness of Christ, not just gentleness, but the gentleness of Christ, man. We want you to just to, to come so we can deal with this corruption, this, this junk that has infiltrated the group. With gentleness is how he starts. But it don't end with gentleness necessarily because sometimes that's not enough. If you are a, if you are a true soldier, in my opinion... You don't start out with guns blazing. Yeah, okay, like that's, that's the Kenny Nick's opinion. That ain't, that ain't, I, I think the evidence is here that Paul's talking this way, but, but that's Kenny Nick's opinion right there. You try gentleness, you try reconciliation, you try to make everything okay, and you see if that works first, okay? You don't just drop a bomb on them and say, we're done with you, sorry. We tried, it didn't work. Boom, you know, it, you try the gentle approach first. You, uh, bloodshed should be the last resort. Well, when it comes to that, and we've tried the gentleness, and we've tried the kindness, and it doesn't work, then sometimes you have to take it to the next level. And I believe that that's where, where Paul is here. It's like we're starting with gentleness, kindness. We tried that. Now, now we're going to take it to the next level. And he says, I'm not afraid to fight. I'm a warrior. I'm a soldier. I'm not afraid to come with truth. But look what he says. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. You know what a lot of people try to do in order to be able to, to try to fight those strongholds in their mind? I'm going to do this. I'm going to write down every sin that I commit, and I'm going to make myself not do those sins. I, I, I'm going to make myself get up and, and, and do this or do that, and, and they try this legalistic approach to, to them being able to do something. I, I'm going to use my devotion, my abilities, my charisma, and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to make it happen. See, we don't, we don't wage war on the physical plane. We don't wage war on these strongholds with our abilities. That's not how we're supposed to do it. That's not how God has called us to do it, as a matter of fact. Because it's so much deeper than your actions. It's so much deeper than, than you stopping yourself from doing this or doing that. It's so much deeper than that. If you think that you can just physically strap yourself down to a board and that'll make me not sin, that's the wrong approach. Because you'll still have the sin going on in your mind. You'll still have the corruption in your mind. And as soon as you get unstrapped from that board, what's going to happen? You're going to go right back down that path again. Strapping yourself down to a board is not going to make you not sin. And we try to wage war this way, don't we? Well, I'm, I'm not going to text him back. That'll do it. That'll keep that stronghold from, from, wait, from making a place in my mind. I just won't text him back. The whole time, what are you doing? Looking at your phone. Is he going to text me back? Is he going to text me back? I'm a Christ follower. Is he going to text me back? Jesus is all that really matters to me. Is he going to text me back? Jesus is all I really care about. It's been three minutes. He hadn't texted me. Man, there's some grins around the room right now. Or, or this, right? For guys, I'll... Uh, I'll avoid pornography uh, by, I don't know, shutting off your data at 9 p.m. Am I saying there's anything wrong with doing that? No, not at all. And that will work to a degree. Because you won't physically be able to, to look on your phone at porn. But the problem is, though, that as soon as your data comes back on and it's 9 a.m., then what are you going to do? You're going to look at porn. Right? You don't wage war on a human level. It'll only work for a little bit. You'll only be able to accomplish a little bit. You'll only be able to go so far. But we've got to take it deeper. We, sometimes we've got we to strap on the guns. And sometimes we've got to go full force into battle. And here, Paul goes into the next verses and he talks about that. He talks about gentleness, kindness. That, tried that first. Sometimes you've got to take it to the next level. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly, worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy these false arguments. <laughs> this is, this is I'm, I'm about to blow your mind here, okay? We use God's weapons. We use God's weapons. We don't use our weapons. We don't wage war like humans do. We use God's weapons. There is only one offensive weapon in the armor of God. If you read Ephesians chapter 6, there's only one offensive weapon. What is that? It's the sword of truth. It's the Bible you're holding in your hand or the Bible app you got on your phone. It is the only offensive weapon we have. So what are you going to wage war 
In your mind, how are you going to wage war? How are you going to deal with your thoughts? How are you going to deal with the fortresses in your mind? With truth. With truth. By keeping, pouring truth into your mind. Blows my mind when people say, I struggle with sin. I struggle with temptation. I struggle with just wanting so much this person in my life and wanting to marry this person, to have a relationship with this person. I struggle so much with that. What can I possibly do? I go, well, you hadn't been to church in three weeks. <laughs> you know, I'm like, let's start there. I, uh, you don't come on Wednesday nights. You come about once every three or four times on Sundays. Yeah, I, I, I can see why you're struggling maybe. Maybe you're not pouring enough truth into your mind, into your brain, trying to tear down the strongholds. You're fighting with your own earthly weapons, and you're not fighting with godly weapons. How do, you fight, how do you fight corruption and error? You fight it with truth. You fight it with truth. You know what the other possibility could be? Some people go to churches where they don't really teach the truth. They teach easy truth and easy believism. And places where you just come out feeling good all the time. And they hadn't waged war in a hard way. They've just tried the gentleness approach all the time, and that doesn't work. It doesn't work all the time. Sometimes you've got to confront sin face to face. And you've got to come out with guns blazing with truth and say, man, the only offensive weapon I've got in the armor of God is the sword of truth. Man, I don't understand. I don't understand that. <laughs> I struggle so bad with sin and temptation and doing things that, that distract me from being a Christ follower. Do you come to church? No. I don't know why you're struggling then, man. That's a mystery to me. Then they, then they come to me. Well, I come to church, man. I'm there every time doors are open, Kenny. I'm there. I'm there. I said, well, have you tried reading God's Word when you're not at church? Have you tried that? You've given it a shot. I mean, more than just like on New Year's Day when you say you're going to do it and you start on New Year's Day, but you don't do it on the 2nd of January. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever really tried to like read it during the week when somebody's not telling you to read it or putting it up on the screen? Have you ever really tried that? And, <laughs> and people are like, man, is he for real? I'm supposed to read that at home and stuff? Like, look, we tried to pick the easiest version we could. We got the NLT up here, all right? Like... Like, it, 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 it's good, and it's truth, and it's not some, some crazy version. There's some crazy versions out there. I try to, try to encourage people to go towards the NLT because it's easy to read, right? It's pretty easy to read, but, but it's not like some of them crazy versions out there that talk like I do. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, they're, there's some stuff out there. But, but let, let me tell you, I encourage people to go towards the NLT because they can read it and they can learn. Now, there are some people who say, man, if you don't read the King James Version, you're going to hell. Uh, you know what version I want you to read? You know, I, I'll tell you straight up. What version of the Bible I want you to read is the one that you'll read. Amen. The, one, the, one, the one that you will sit down and you will read. That's the one I want you to read. Now, I try to encourage people towards the NLT because it's pretty easy to read. But for you, I want you to read the one that you will read. I, I mean, that's pretty complicated, ain't it? I need to have that tattooed on my chest or something. No, no, like simple, you know. 
Everybody's like, is he really going to get a tattoo? The stuff I say up here, man, it's, really, it's not that complicated. And people try to make it complicated, try to make it difficult, and I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on, I just misspoke. They try to make it complicated, and it ain't really complicated. Now, it is difficult a lot of times. It ain't easy, but it ain't complicated. Now, people have, have made all these legalistic rules up there trying to, you got to do this, you got to read this version, and, and you got blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no. You know what I want you to do as you wage war against the strongholds in your mind? Pour God's truth into your mind. That means coming to church where you can hear the word of God preached. And that means taking it home and looking at it yourself. You start there. And there's a lot of people that ain't starting there, okay? Like, like, Kenny, I don't know what to do. Start there. Read it. Come here. Listen to it. Start there. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. We use God's weapons. The strongholds, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy the false arguments. Do you know that not everything you tell yourself is true? I think I said that once before. Did I, did I say that from up here? I don't remember. But somebody told me that about two months ago, and I almost lost my mind. It, really, it was revolutionary to me when I heard that. They said, you realize that not everything you tell yourself is true. I went, well, that's right. You're right about that. We tell ourselves all kinds of junk all the time, don't we? We, we tell ourselves stuff, and it, it ain't truth. That's why God's word is so important, because it's truth. We tell ourselves other stuff that ain't truth. Other people tell us stuff that ain't truth. We got other people and ourselves telling us stuff that ain't true, and we got God's word telling us what is true. And we lean way more on this stuff over here, everybody else's truth and our truth, than we do on God's truth. How are you going to wage war against false arguments? With truth. Not your truth, not somebody else's truth, with God's truth. Simple, right? Uh-oh, there's a word in here. It's the fourth word in verse 5. It says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Whoo, pride. Man, you got to go there with pride? What would possibly keep you from truth? Pride. I got this. I can do this. It's me. I can strap myself to a board. I can do all these things to make myself conform. No, you can't. No, you can't. God can. Fight with God's weapons, which is truth. Lean into God. Have faith in God. Trust in God that it's going to happen. Ask God. <laughs> Ask God, is this who I'm supposed to marry? God, is this where I'm supposed to live? God, is this the car I'm supposed to buy? God, is this the church I'm supposed to go to? I want to know, God, because I want to glorify you with my life. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. So, God, show me your truth and not my truth. Because not everything I tell myself is true. Revolutionary ideas, right? How does that work itself out in relationships? Young adults, you know. You know, don't you? What is it that the fortresses, the strongholds that are built up in your mind, what are they? What are they? 
They're what you want, aren't they? They're what you want. Lies that you have told yourself, lies that you've heard, and you've stored them up because that's what you want. You, they, they, they built themselves up and they become, the walls have become so high, they built these towers and, and they're strong and they're mighty and the walls are thick because they're what you want. You don't want to let go of them. You don't want the walls to be torn down with God's truth and God's way and faith in God. We, we don't really want that. We'd rather hang on to what we want instead of what God wants. I used to, buy, I, listen, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I struggled with this. When I was younger, even up until, I don't know, probably five, seven, it may have been even more recent than I stroke. I would obsess about things, like really obsess about things. Like I was going by a car. I decided I needed a car. I don't know why I would think I needed a car, but I would think I needed a car. So I would go and I would research and research and research and research and Man, I, you know, and, and I'm not saying research is bad because it's good to make wise decisions. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying I would obsess to the point where it would become a stronghold in my mind. I mean, it was something that I could not get out of my brain. Instead of saying, you know what, God, if you want me to have a car, then, God, I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to seek your face, and I'm going to want to follow you in your path and your way. And that's, that's what I want. God, instead of obsessing about needing somebody to text me and tell me they love me, somebody that will hug me, somebody that will kiss me so that I can feel loved, God, what I want is you to be glorified in my life. And if my relationship with this person doesn't glorify you, then I don't want them in my, in my life. But we obsess about the things that we want. Paul calls it our flesh. And we wage war and these spiritual battles happen against our flesh. We have to take some stuff captive. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. After you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Everybody's kind of hung up on verse 7 there. I'll explain it a little bit in just a second. But what do we have to do? What do we have to do? Instead of strapping yourself down to, to the board to try to keep yourself from sinning, instead of throwing your phone in the swimming pool so you aren't worried about whether or not he texts you or not, instead of doing that stuff, you need to take your thoughts captive. You need to take your thoughts captive. Now, how do you do that? With truth. <laughs> with truth, right? But, Kenny, there's other stuff that comes against my thoughts. What do I do with those? There's, there's lies that come at me. There's lies that I tell myself. What do I do with those? There's, there's two analogies that I've always heard. These are like common Christian analogies, so I'll share them with you. Somebody said, a bird can, there's a difference between a bird flying over your head and making a nest in your hair. Right? That sounds like a classic Baptist preacher kind of speak, right? So you can let a bird fly over your head, but you don't necessarily have to let him make a nest in your hair, right? The other analogy I heard and this one it was more applicable to me. I guess maybe this is like women and men. Like women don't want a bird's nest in their hair. But this other one was that, that you can have your thoughts be like a revolving door. You, you picture, you know, at the front of the hotel when you're doing this. You know what I mean? Everybody's seen Elf, right? You know what I'm talking about. You love, you love the revolving door. It's a lot of fun. That's the reason why people go to New York for the revolving doors. But anyway, so you can let your thoughts be like that. 
Lies that you tell yourself, lies that come at you from other people, you can let them go in and right back out. You have to take the thoughts captive. You have to wage war on them with truth, and you have to take them captive and say, that's not going to stay there. I'm going to fight those battles, and I'm going to fight those thoughts with truth. And I'm not going to let false truth come into my life and stick. I'm going to let it go right back out the door. I know. I know, right? So when you get that text message, oh, I do love you. You're so wonderful. I never want to be with anybody else but you. Don't let it stick. Let it go right back out the door. And say, only if, if God wants you in my life, will that be the case? And you think, there's, there's an ad or, or I, I just saw somebody's bikini picture on Instagram and, and it, it makes me have thoughts of pornography so I'm going to go and I'm going to look up pornography now instead of doing that let it be a revolving door go right back out and put your mind on the things of God I know girls you don't think about that when you post the bikini pictures but that's what happens a lot of times it triggers a thought in a guy's mind and, and it goes right to right to things like pornography when they see those pictures on Instagram there's guys in here, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Let it be a revolving door, guys. Let it be a revolving door. And you're like, man, I don't know if you can be saying all this from the pulpit, Kenny. Somebody's got to tell you. Somebody's got to wage war on your thoughts with truth. And we'll do that from here. Whether people like it or not, we'll do that from here. It says, after you've become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. What does that mean? What does that mean? Some of you are following Christ. Some of you are doing your best to let your mind be a revolving door. Some of you are let, trying to let the bird pass over your head without making a nest in your hair. Some of you are doing everything you can to try to pour in, pour in truth into your life and doing the very best you can to honor God and be obedient to God with every single thing that you can. And I recognize that, and there, there are some people trying to do that. We don't need to let the ones that aren't doing that be a distraction to the ones that are. We need, we need to really get on the people that are being a distraction and trying to take away from what some other people are doing. I, I've seen, literally, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. Kids go away to youth camp and try to make that a love camp. <laughs> if you think for a second that that is going to happen when we go to the beach, try me. I ain't playing. It'll be you and me on an eight-hour drive back to the house, and I will preach Scripture to you for eight hours. You think, you think I'm kidding. Man, I'm so dead serious. People, people know, there's some people in here that know me. Son, we, I may have somebody else drive so I can sit in the back seat, lock eye to eye with you so I can preach Scripture to you for eight hours. I promise to, I promise there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We can't, we can't have that, y'all. We can't have that. And there are some people that, that, that I mean, I, I, I literally, I mean, inside the church, I have heard of people selling drugs to other people. Alcohol. Like trying to get people that, 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 that really... They're like, man, alcohol, you know, it, it's, it's a dangerous, slippery slope. I don't want to go down that road. Now have their Christian friends try to get them to go down that road. Yeah. 
Come on, man, just try, look. And the only reason they do that is try to make themselves feel better about what they're doing. We need to address that kind of garbage. We need to make sure that that don't happen and it don't corrupt the truth of God. And they come in here feeling like this is a place where there's truth. We don't need this to be a place where there's, there's lies being thrown at people, trying to drag them off because we want them to be where we are. We're we going to have to deal with it sometimes. And, and, and when I say we, I mean I am going to deal with it. If somebody tells me, if somebody comes to me and says, I know of this situation, I hope that somebody will deal I will be the one that will deal with it. As your pastor, as your shepherd, as your leader, I will deal with it. I am not afraid to. You may have noticed up here, I'm not afraid of hurting people's feelings. When it comes to truth, I'm going to stick with truth, and that's all that's going to matter to me. Because I know that there's some people that are trying really hard, but there's also a lot of people that are trying to distract. And we can't do that. We can't be a part of that. Not as Christ followers, not in this family. We can't do that. What has God spoken to you about tonight? What thoughts in your mind do you need to take captive? What thoughts in your mind have, have not been a revolving door? Things that have built up in your mind that have become a stronghold and just simply distracted you away from the truth of God? What, what things are there? What things do you have to come up here and say, God, I cannot do it, but you can God, pour truth into me. I'm going to seek your truth. But God, I want you to, to let that truth stick. I want you to use your Holy Spirit to convict me of truth. Remind me of Scripture when I want to come in and sin against you. God, I need you to do that for me. God, please speak truth into my life. There's some things in my life, God, that and I'm not sure if they should be there or not. I'm not sure if it's in, in obedience to you. God, please, please remove them from my life. God, if that means I have to move a thousand miles away so that, so that that stronghold is not there, then God, I, I pray that I would move a thousand miles away. Jesus says sin is so serious. He says, if your eye causes you to sin, plug it out. If your eye causes you to sin, plug it out. That's how serious it is. We need to pray and ask God, God, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes so that I have truth in me and not lies. That I don't become one of those that tries to corrupt somebody else so that I feel better. God, pour truth into me. If you're not a Christ follower, then you don't know what I'm talking about. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't understand truth. It's a blur to you. It's a mystery to you. You don't understand why somebody would follow Jesus and let go of everything that they want. It doesn't make sense to you. But maybe tonight through God's word, he's revealed to you that he wants a relationship with you even though you may not want one with him. And you have to give everything. You have to say, Lord, I am nothing. You are everything. Lord, I don't want what I want anymore. I want what you want. I want you to start working on some of these strongholds in my life because, God, I know that I can't do it alone and I can't do it without you. I need you in my life. I need you. If that's the case and you want to give your life to Christ, I'll be happy to show you how you can do that. How you can ask God to, to wreck your life, turn it upside down, make you hate all the things that you love. All the sinful things that are against God, how, how he can make you hate those things. If you want to give your life to Christ, come and talk to me. 
You just need to stay at your seat and pray. Ask God to, to wreck your life over the thoughts that you have. Do that. However, you need to respond in obedience to Christ so that you take your thoughts captive. Let me encourage you to do that. Father, God, sometimes we have to wage war and it's, it's bloody and it's ugly. And God, it is not easy. But Lord, I know that there are a lot of people in here that are struggling with a stronghold in their life. There is something that has taken them captive in their mind, God, which is where all sin starts. God, and they can't seem to let it go. Lord, I pray that your truth has spoken to them tonight and that they would start allowing those walls to crumble because truth has penetrated into those strongholds. And God, you are opening their eyes and opening their hearts to the fact that they need you and your power alone to be able to take these thoughts captive. Lord, I know, I know that this world is full of a thousand people around us every day that want to corrupt us, drag us down, give us things that aren't true. And I know that there are 10,000 things that we tell ourselves, God, that aren't true. But Lord, you tell us truth, and you're the only one that, 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 can, that can change our hearts and change our minds, that can restore us and make us new. And Lord, we, we trust in that, we depend on that. So God, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would tear down the strongholds in our life. And God, if there's somebody here who's not a Christian, and God, they want to begin working on those strongholds, that they would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that they would come to your altar and say, God, I need you and you alone. There is nothing I can do to earn salvation. It is only through you and trusting and having faith in what you have done on the cross. God, that same faith that, that, that Jesus Christ can save us from our sins is the same faith that can, that can tear down these strongholds in our life. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you wreck our minds, you wreck our hearts, God, and you tear down these walls so that you may receive glory from our lives, God, so that we can be ambassadors of truth for you and for your kingdom. God, we do love you. We praise you for this time to respond to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.